0: Hello, welcome to our podcast, Carefully Examining the Text. In today's podcast, we'll be in Psalm 90. Psalm 90. Psalm 90 opens Book 4 of the Psalms. Psalm 90 is headed as a prayer of Moses, the man of God. It is interesting that Moses is mentioned by name eight times in the Psalms. And seven of those eight mentions are here in Book 4 of the Psalms, Psalms 90 to Psalms 106. This Psalm will stress the eternity of God, the sovereignty of God, and the holiness of God and His wrath against sin. In contrast to God's eternity, We see the brevity of man's life, that man's life is short-lived, that man is frail and dependent upon God, and that man has sinned and has incurred the wrath of God. But let's read the words, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were born or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn men back into dust and say, Return, O children of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes by, or as a watch in the night. You have swept them away like a flood, they fall asleep. In the morning they are like grass which sprouts anew. In the morning it flourishes and sprouts anew. Toward evening it fades and withers away. For we have been consumed by your anger, and by your wrath we have been dismayed. You placed our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in light of your presence." For all our days have declined in your fury, and we have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, they contain seventy years, or if due to strength, eighty years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger and your fury according to the fear that is due you? So teach us to number our days, that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Do return, O Lord. How long will it be? And be sorry for your servants. O satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days According to the days you have afflicted us and the years we have seen evil, let your work appear to your servants and your majesty to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. As we stated, this psalm celebrates the eternity of God. In Psalm 89, as book 3 of the psalms ended, we saw the people left without a king, without a land as they were taken into captivity. They were without a king, without a land, and without the temple as it had been destroyed by the Babylonians, as Psalm 74 and Psalm 79 emphasize. But in Moses' day, they were without king, they were without a land, and they were without the temple. But Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. We have stated before that when a separate personal pronoun is used in the original language, the Hebrew language, that it is for emphasis— and a you is used of God here, Lord, you, you have been our dwelling place to all generations. And it's used in verse 2, everlasting to everlasting, you, you are God. The text is emphasizing, emphasizing that God is our dwelling place, that God has always been our dwelling place. In him we live and move and have our being, as acts seventeen twenty four through twenty eight emphasize, and even before the mountains were born or he gave birth to the hills, God has always been God. The Bible doesn't speak here of Mother Earth, but God is pictured as a mother who gives birth to the earth. You give birth to the earth and to the world. There has never been anything before God, and there will never be anything after God. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God's eternity is stressed in verses 1 and 2. And God's eternity is stressed with how brief and how frail man's life is. In verse 3, you turn men into dust. This reminds us of Genesis 3 in verse 19. Although a different word for dust is used, it's the same idea. In Genesis three nineteen, you were created from dust, and you will return to dust. And it is God who is sovereign over men's lives. And God is the one who turns men back into dust. Return, O children of men. The Bible emphasizes in verse 4 that for God, a thousand years is as one day, or even as a watch in the night, some divided the watches of the night into three, some into four, but a watch of the night would be three or four hours. And a thousand years, in God's sight, is like three or four hours to us. Verse 4 is referred to in the New Testament. In 2 Peter 3, some were asking, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers have fallen asleep, all things have continued as they were from the beginning of creation. Some were questioning the promises of God because they never seemed to be fulfilled. And 2 Peter three eight says that a thousand years with the Lord is like a day. The point, time doesn't affect the promises of God. God's promises of blessing, God's warnings of judgment, will be fulfilled even if there's much delay between the time those blessings and curses are pronounced and the time they're fulfilled because time does not affect the promises of an eternal God. A thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes by or as a watch in the night. And man's brevity is pictured several ways here. In verse 5, God sweeps man away like a flood. They fall asleep. And sometimes, as in Psalm 76 and verses 5 and 6, sleep is pictured as death. You swept them away like a flood. They fall asleep. In the morning, in the morning it flourishes and sprouts the, the grass and toward evening it fades away. The grass in the summer heat of Palestine uh, might appear in the morning and by that night be dry and wilted. And this is a picture of the short-lived prosperity of the wicked in Psalm 37 in verses 1 and 2. Here it is used as a picture of the brevity of life of all people, of all men and women. Psalm 103 verses 15 and 16 use this same image of the brevity of life. But Jesus puts an interesting spin on this in Matthew 6 verses 28 through 30. In that passage, Jesus talks about, consider the lilies of the field. Not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. And if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is cast into the oven or the furnace, how much more will He clothe you? Yes, the picture of the grass that appears in the morning and quickly fades is a picture of the brevity of life and how weak and frail man uh, is." But it's also a picture of God's care and God's concern in Matthew 6, verses 28 through 30. That God loves and cares for each of us and will provide appropriate clothing. And so that reminds us that while Psalm Psalm 90 stresses the brevity of man's life, there may be a positive outcome to this account. In Psalm 90, verse 7, man's brevity of life is connected with his sin and God's wrath at our sin. Notice in verse 8, you placed our iniquities before you, our secret sins in light of your presence. So Psalm 90, verse 8, stresses the brevity of of man's life and the brevity of man's life be because of sin and God is angry at our sin. In verse 7, we have been consumed by your anger and by your wrath. We are dismayed. In verse 9, all our days have declined in your fury. In verse 11, who understands the power of your anger and your fury? Verse 7, verse 9, verse 11, all stress the anger of God at man's sin. Why do we live such brief lives? As verse 10 says, we live 70 years or 80 years. And if by reason of strength and yet... We fly away. Why are our lives so brief? Because of sin. Now, that doesn't mean every person, every person's death happens because of their personal sin. Children die who have done no wrong, have done no evil, have committed no sin. But it does mean that death entered the world because of sin, as Romans 5, verses 12-21 through 21 emphasize, as Genesis 2 and 3 emphasize. Death has entered the world because of man's sins. And in light of the fact that man's sins incur God's wrath, and make for a brief lifespan verse 12 says teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom the bible calls us to redeem the time ephesians 5:16 and colossians 4 in verse 5 redeem the time and here the bible asks us The Bible asks God, teach us to number our days. Our lives are brief. Our lives are over quickly. And may we use our hearts to to achieve wisdom in order to prepare to meet our God. Verses 1 through 12 stress God's eternity, God's sovereignty, and God's anger over our sin, while they also stress the brevity of man's life, how frail and weak we are, and it stresses our sin and our guilt before God. But verses 13-17 through 17 contain a plea for mercy. Do return, O Lord. How long will it be? Be sorry for your servants." And sometimes in the language of Moses' prayers and Moses' songs in Deuteronomy 32 and Deuteronomy 33, we find some of these words. Satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness. The same God whose anger and wrath was depicted in verses 7 through 11 is a God of loving kindness who can satisfy our hearts with loving kindness and make us sing for joy, as verse 14 says. Make us glad all our days, verses 14 and 15. According to the number of years we've experienced evil May we experience blessing. But the eternal God is a refuge not only for us, but a refuge for our children. There will be a day for many of us when our children will be left behind, when we are no more there to give them advice or help, but God will always be there. And so any moment we use pointing our children, our grandchildren, and those who are younger to God is not in vain. Because God will be there for our children. In verse 16, let your work appear to your servants and your majesty to their children. And this God can establish the work of our hands, can confirm the work of our hands, as verse 17 emphasizes. We are brief. We are for a moment. We will pass away. But God can establish our work in the sense of these things we do in his service that may be a blessing to future generations to come. Psalm 90 stresses God's eternity and man's brevity. Jesus experienced both of those. In the beginning was the Word. In John 1.1, 1, 1, He existed from all eternity. And yet He stepped into space and time. He stepped into human history in the person of Jesus in order to die for our sins. He did not live 70 or 80 years, but only to his mid-30s, early 30s or mid-30s. He did not die because of our sin. Or excuse me, he did not die because of his own sin. He died because of our sin. And his death for sin... Made it possible for us to escape the wrath of God in him. 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 10. Made it possible to escape the wrath of God. In other words, this strong link between sin and death that we see from Genesis 3 to the rest of the Bible can be broken in Jesus Romans 5, Romans 7 continually use words like sin and transgress. They emphasize that we are guilty before God. Also, those words are connected with the idea of death. The link between sin and death in Romans 5 and Romans 7 are strong, and yet That section also emphasizes that because of Christ, obedience to God in His death upon the cross, by His death and resurrection, He provides a way of salvation. Thanks be to God who gives the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 highlights that death can be overcome through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus fulfills Psalm 90 in many ways, but in no greater way than that he breaks the link between sin and death in the sense that he offers eternal life to those who trust and obey him. Thank you for listening to our podcast. May the Lord continue to bless you.